Hola and welcome to episode 12 of Investor Intelligence, brought to you by the team at The Property Mentors. It's your weekly podcast for all things investment. My name is Phoebe Sikowski-Wallace. As always, I'm your host and with me is our investment expert, Luke Harris. How are you today, Luke? Good afternoon, Phoebe. I'm great. Thank you. Yourself? Very well, thank you. So coming up on today's show, we're talking about rent vesting. Now, there's a few reasons I wanted to talk to you about this today. We have spoken about alternative investment strategies before. That was episode four. But we've not spoken about this one. And it seems to be becoming increasingly popular for those who might be priced out of the inner city market. But just before we get into what rent vesting is... In our last episode together, we talked about new versus existing properties, and we spoke about the way that people rent has dramatically changed over the last few decades, and it's far more common these days to see it as a bit of a long-term option for people. Can you talk to that again a little bit? Yeah, so buying a property to rent out rather than to live in seems to be more and more common these days. I remember it happening you know, many, many years ago, people have been doing this for a very long time and they've been, you know, having that delayed gratification of, you know, buying your own home to live in as a bit of a luxury and really doing what makes financial sense, which is to go and get your investments, uh, you know, build your investment portfolio first before you actually go out there and buy your own home. Because obviously buying your own home, it's not tax deductible. And uh, Mm. every dollar you put into that property is after tax money, whereas investment properties and other investments allow you to get the the tax benefits and so forth. So it's always been there as an investment strategy as such. It's not really a strategy in itself, but um, rent vesting can be a good way for people to get started in investing and to really have that comfort of buying property without having the huge mortgage overhead uh, all on their own. They've got that tenant income as well. Mm. Okay. So for those who have not ever heard of rent vesting, what is it? Well, rent vesting was a term that was coined, who knows, sometime in the last decade, all right? Um, prior to that, it was just people that invested in property. And um, they, they may have rented, they may have owned property, but there's been a separation really given that uh, the younger generations coming through have, have chosen to go out there and buy an investment property because they want to live in, in lifestyle areas. They may not want to move into the outer suburbs, which has typically been the affordable parts of, of any capital city and any any regional area even is the, the fringes of, of the city. So mm. a lot of people have decided, well, hang on, I want to be close to all of my, my friends and family and uh, you know all the nightlife and cafes and bars and all the cool stuff that's out there now. Everyone's got to Instagram their breakfast now. So you, you, know, you don't want to be s- sitting in a car for 45 minutes just to go out for breakfast with, with your mates. So you know, the demographics have changed. Uh, and also uh, in, in line with that, of course, people's um, family sizes have been changing. So people used to go and get a four bedroom, two bathroom house in the outer suburbs. They'd commute into a capital city every day. And, um, you know, they'd go to work, come home and mow the lawns on the weekend and do the gardening. And that's what a lot of people and a lot of people still do. But that's changed a lot in the last couple of decades. And I think because uh, people are having uh, less kids now, they're having kids later in life. A lot of people had got married, had kids, bought a house, all in their early 20s. And they all settled down before they turned 25. Mm. Very few people that I know have done that. 
you know, people that are really starting to push things back and having, you know, getting into serious long-term relationships and, and having kids in their mid-30s now and, and early 30s before, you know, getting their 30s out of, um, getting their 30th birthday out of the way before they even think about it, right? So I think because of that demographic shift, a lot of people are prioritizing, um, you know, their, their lifestyle choices. And that means that they're, they're not wanting to go and live out in the suburbs and, and commute. There's still plenty of people, of course, that are doing that. But um, being able to live where all of your friends and family are and you know all those lifestyle precincts means that you can rent in those areas and buy a property where it's actually smart to invest. And it might be smart to invest in an area that you just don't want to live. And where, that's where the numbers stack up. So that's why a lot of people are, are considering it. But the term rent vesting itself, to go back to your question, um, really came about over the last five to 10 years um, because it became more popular and became, I guess, a, a little bit more of a buzzword. And that's, that's really what it is. It's just a buzzword for something that's been happening for, for many years. So really, it just gives us the ability to purchase a property that will help us create future wealth, but without compromising lifestyle choices. That's right. And, you know, it doesn't mean rent vesting needs to happen forever. Um, mm. You know, you, you may do it for five years and then potentially, you know, purchase your second or third investment property. You might just purchase the one investment property. And then after you've got that, reduce the debt a little bit, you might go and buy your own home. And that may be all you ever do. You may not want to go and build a, a large property portfolio and that's okay. But it's just getting that understanding of, you know, what order you're doing things and you know whether you're going to get tax benefits on your own home or an investment property and obviously the investment property is going to give you that that uh, I guess tax advantage that owner occupiers don't get and that can help sure. you to essentially springboard into your next property sooner. Mm. The other reason I wanted to talk to you about this is that I read an article that was published recently from ABC News about how the Sydney median house price is now just over 1.6 million and currently Melbourne, which is where I am, is just over 1.1 million. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you need to be well-versed in investing to know that these prices are quite unreachable, impossible even for a lot of people trying to buy their first property, especially when you compare it to when our parents were buying their first property. Well, exactly. Um, I, I think that um, you know when we're talking median house prices, often those numbers are quite scary. But you and I know that you know we can we can absolutely buy in Melbourne and Sydney. We can still buy a property for five hundred thousand dollars. So people get scared off thinking Sydney's one point six million and Melbourne's one point one one point two million dollars. It's just crazy. I can never get in the market. But we're talking about figures that that change. They fluctuate. Uh, median prices can go up and down and sideways. And of course, that doesn't mean that all properties are going up. And when they're talking about those prices, they're often talking about house prices, uh, not necessarily talking about dwelling prices, which includes townhouses and units and, and other types of uh, residential properties. So we need to put all of this into perspective. But the reality is, is that uh, prices aren't going to be you know, dropping by 30 or 40 or 50% anytime soon. And there's people waiting on the sidelines for the last 20 years waiting for that to happen and they still mm. haven't got into the market. And look, there's always going to be people that will will wait. They're sitting back and you always you always hear them and go, well, I'm just going to wait until the market cools down and I'm going to get in then. But timing the market never works. Nobody's yeah. ever become wealthy by waiting for the perfect time to get into the property market. Mm. Well, that's, that's very good to hear that those numbers shouldn't be as scary as they look. But has something like rent vesting kind of 
I mean, it seems like a very sexy option as far as investing, but has that kind of come out of the fact that it's not always financially viable for a lot of us to actually own the property we live in? Well, that's right. You know, a lot of people that say you've been renting and, and where our office is based in the inner inner eastern suburbs of Melbourne, um, it's quite an expensive place to buy. But there's mm. affordable rental properties there and it's close to the cafes and restaurants and we're a typical example of, of uh, you know, basing our office in a lifestyle type area because everyone can come into the office and after work there's car, uh, bars and cafes, restaurants, supermarkets, you name it, and it's very close to all the public transport. So people can come in and, you know, go to work, but they can still uh, catch up with their friends and, and uh, go out after after work. And a lot of people like living and working close to home. So obviously uh, we've positioned our office in that way, but we are in a suburb that's very typical of of people that like to rent vest, the people that like to uh, work and live uh, close to uh, close to one another, and um, obviously, you know, being able to buy a property in that suburb could be you know, quite an expensive option for a lot of people. Mm. But uh, renting, absolutely, and and it also gives you that flexibility. And this is why a lot of younger people are are doing that. There's plenty of plenty of older generations that are doing the same thing. I've got you know. Um, some of our members that are in their 50s and 60s that are still renting and they've got a, a substantial property portfolio. It's just the choices that, that they've made and they're happy to do that. But a lot of younger people are a little bit more mobile and they might change jobs a little bit more frequently. Um, you know, the Gen, uh, Gen X and uh, Gen Z uh, uh, typically don't stay in their jobs for as long as, as, <laughs> as their grandparents did. A lot of their grandparents might you know get a job in their 20s and they, they work through to retirement in the same job. It's just not... It's not millennials don't do that. They're not going to do that. Um, they're more likely to work for someone for two years and then start a new uh, start a new business and become a multimillionaire, and that's their that's their game plan. But um, you know, people move around a little bit more, and renting gives them that flexibility. So if they're out there investing, building their wealth for the future, they can still move to a different suburb or a different state altogether, even if they wanted to, uh, and it doesn't tie them into you know, a mortgage and having to, to live in that, um, that single property. Yeah, that aspect of, because it sounds like this seem, rent vesting seems to be maybe more common with the younger generation, so like millennials say, that idea of having an investment property but still having the flexibility yourself to move around if you want to, because as you say, people are starting to settle down later in life. So that seems like an, a, very, a very attractive thing. So what, what are the benefits of rent vesting? So one of the benefits of, uh, of, of rent vesting is to really get the tax benefits, okay? And so if you're securing the right property, um, investors that, that purchase an investment property as opposed to buying a property to live in um, are really going to get those tax benefits. Now, that does mean that you've got to get the, the right property. Uh, there's plenty of people out there, and I, I hate this in the property industries, that there's people out there using the term rent vesting uh, to essentially sucker in first-time uh, first buyers, uh, and they'll organise the finance for them and organise the property for them and they end up getting a dud property. So they understand the concept of rent vesting and they get sold on the concept of rent vesting and then they end up with a dud property because they're going to somebody that's there really just to sell them a property. And so the term rent vesting needs to be sort of uh, tackled with caution because there are people out there looking for uneducated first home buyers to sell them an investment property right and i hate okay. i hate that about the property industry and there's people out there and they'll, they'll try and organize your loans and try and sell you a a property in an area that's oversupplied that's you know that's not a good investment so people need to just sort of be mindful of the overall strategy and this is what we do here so well at the property mentors is to talk about 
what is the long-term strategy? Why are you investing in the first place? And what is the thing that we're trying to achieve by our investing? And through all of those questions and through that process that we've we've been doing for nearly 10 years now, that process is really helping us to uncover all of the reasons why we're doing it, but then also on the other side, matching it up with the exact type of property that suits the investor. Because no two investors are the same, and for obvious reasons, we want to make sure that everyone's not just going out there and buying anything just for the sake of it. So we've got to make sure it does fit in with that long-term plan. So that that was one of the questions I was going to ask is how can people know that they are buying in an area that has that potential, but that is where you'd bring in your team of experts that we've spoken about before? Yeah, that's right. And obviously the property mentors, we don't just you know work with experienced investors. We work with people that are just getting started, but our focus sure. is on education. So we really want to make sure that we, we have all of our members, whether they're just starting out or you know whether they've been doing it for 10 or 20 years, that they really understand their, the education and what they what they know and what they think they know because often when you have been investing for a little while uh, or even if you're just starting out you might have a perception of what property investing is or how it works you might have a perception of what direction you should be going but oftentimes that's the the wrong direction or it might be the wrong decision it might be the right decision but what we want to do is discuss that first make sure it fits with the long-term plan and then great, if that is the direction we should go, then then let's go forward knowing that it is and that we've ruled out all of the other options. And I think this is the key thing um, with, with rent vesting is that you are often first time, uh, a first-time buyer and a lot of people rent vesting are people that have not bought property before. Um, there's plenty of people that, you know, they might've been rent vesting and they've bought multiple investment properties whilst they continue to rent. But for a lot of people, they are actually buying property for the first time and they've just chosen uh, to to go out there and purchase an investment property over their own home as their first purchase because it makes sense to them to, to put some uh, money away for the future and make sure you've got some investments there. And a lot of people understand property, so they choose choose a property for investment rather than try other asset classes. And, and I think like you mentioned before, you know, Going through this particular process allows you to own a property without sacrificing your lifestyle. Mm. Um, like I said, you know, you can live in a lifestyle area, which is what a lot of people are choosing to do. They don't want to commute, but they might buy in an area. They might buy in a regional area. They might buy in another city altogether in a different part of the country, which might be a good place to invest, but they don't want to move. Right. Um, you know, and I think that's the, the, the key is that sort of um, opening your options up to other areas that you may not have considered previously uh, gives you more chance to to build wealth because if you're just looking around the area that you want to live, that might be a nice place to live, but it may not be a good investment. Right. So you know that way it might allow you to get into more affordable areas, uh, which means that you can put less of your capital into the marketplace and not have to come up with huge deposits just to buy a property where you want to live. Um, yeah. And that's okay. The, the good thing really is that there's there's good tenants everywhere, right? Um, we've all been tenants, mostly mostly all of us have been mm. tenants at some point in our lives and we're all good tenants, right? So that means there are good tenants everywhere. I learned this very, very, very long time ago in, in my investing career when I first started investing. I read this, I believe it might have been in uh, one of Margaret Lomas's books. Um, don't quote me on that, but I believe that there was a, a quote in there that said that, that there are good tenants everywhere. And that's, that's exactly right. You know, a lower socioeconomic area doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have worse tenants. Sure. And, you know, if you buy into the expensive suburbs, it doesn't mean you're going to have better tenants. 
Yeah, right? So there's exactly. good tenants everywhere. There's bad tenants everywhere. Um, the reality is that most tenants are good tenants. They look after the property. They pay their rent on time. And you know they're, they're well intended, and I think that's the thing is that uh, allows you to get into different markets that you may not have considered, and uh, you know might mean that you're putting less money into the property than you wanted to. If you wanted to get fit or start a fitness program, you wouldn't run a marathon if you hadn't yet mastered jogging. You also wouldn't begin weight training by lifting 30 kilo dumbbells. There are of course multiple ways to keep fit through a variety of sports and exercise programs. However, there is a process to getting into shape and achieving peak performance. It's the same when it comes to investing in property. You need to start by doing some self-assessment of where you are now to where you'd like to be. This would be your fitness test. You have to find your team of experts who will help you along the way. These would be your trainers. And learn how other people invest, including the mistakes they've made. Only then can you start to look at how you will achieve your property investing goals. Property Fit assists you with all of this. It's the latest book from experienced property investor, entrepreneur, and founder and CEO of The Property Mentors, Luke Harris. It's the book that will guide you through the groundwork you need to cover before you start investing, exploring all the ways to invest in property by helping you find a strategy that will lead to the ultimate goal of financial freedom. Property Fit is your easy to read, practical book, including mentor tips and mindset insights, as well as proven strategies that seasoned investors or those just starting out in property will find invaluable. Visit propertyfitbook.com.au to purchase your copy and get your property portfolio in shape for financial freedom. You touched on uh, tax benefits before. Are you able to just elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah, so we've, we've obviously talked about depreciation previously, um, but the depreciation benefits when you're buying a new property uh, or an off-the-plan property can give you some huge tax benefits. Obviously, we're not here to give tax advice and mm-hmm. we're not going to do that today, but um, if you talk to your accountant, they'll, they'll discuss the tax benefits of buying new versus existing. Uh, buying an existing property often has little to no tax benefits available for the investor. So buying something that's new or off the plan can allow you to get uh, obviously um, tax advantages, uh, allow you to depreciate the actual building itself. And that can allow you to, again, put less money of your own into the actual property. And for a lot of people now with interest rates being as low as they are, can actually put money into your pocket every week and every month. So it's quite amazing to be able to go out there and purchase an investment property that actually gives you that positive cash flow from day one. And we've had plenty of examples at the property mentors of people actually being able to receive that that positive cash flow from day one. So it's, again, it's all about securing the right property. Um, we never do anything just for the tax reasons alone. But of course, if we're going to get the tax benefits, we're going to compare property A with no tax benefits, property B with the tax benefits. 99% of the time, if it's in the right area and it's a, it's a good uh uh, with good investment fundamentals, we're going to choose property B that has those tax benefits. Mm. So, Luke, rent vesting seems like a pretty attractive option for a lot of people. Are there any qualms that people should know about it? Yeah, look, I think the, the thing that people need to be aware of is that it doesn't have to be a long-term strategy. It might be something that you do for a couple of years. And sometimes people have actually gone out there and, and uh, you know, started rent vesting and then a couple of years later they've moved into the property and it becomes their principal place of residence. So I think the, the, the term rent vesting is something that it may be temporary, it may be permanent. You might do it in your 20s and your early 30s. You meet a partner, get married, have babies, 
then you go and buy your owner occupied property potentially it's different for everybody so there's no there's no right or wrong with it it's a, it's a strategy that a lot of people um have have used and continue to use it's always going to be a thing mm. uh, i believe that a lot of people are always going to choose to to rent vest um, but as i said the things to look out for are just to make sure that you're not talking to people that are promoting rent vesting as the only strategy gotcha. and looking out for people that uh, essentially haven't invested before haven't purchased property before and you know you end up with a bad outcome because they're, they're you know looking out for uh, people to uh, you know, that, are, that aren't educated mm. with the strategy and I talk about in my, my first book let's get real I talk about sharks and cowboys and uh, there's a lot of people unfortunately uh, targeting uh, first home buyers uh, in the rent vesting space that are really out there to uh, you know to, to take advantage of, of those people mm. so just be mindful of that and make sure that you focus on your education first focus on your long-term plan, the reasons why you're doing it in the first place, because that's the most important thing. Yeah, fantastic. But there seems to be a lot of benefits to rent vesting other than not having to live in the property and therefore not compromising on any lifestyle choices. So there's great tax benefits associated with it. There's obviously lifestyle benefits associated with it, and it fast tracks you to paying off that mortgage and getting you to that next investment because you've actually got three people paying off that house instead of one. You've got the tenants, the tax person, and yourself. That's right, and the tax the tax person. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just paying paying whatever's left. Um, and I think that's the thing. If you buy your own home, there's no tax benefits. There's no rental income. There's just you. Yeah. Right? You, yeah. you sign up a. If you think about your how old you are now, and then add thirty years to that, think about what you're going to look like. Uh, how you're going to be feeling? Where you're going to be oh, working? You. Well, that's when your mortgage is going to be. <laughs> that's when your mortgage is going to be paid off for most for most people. And obviously, there's people that pay it off faster. But you know, your typical um, you know mortgage uh, mortgage holder will will take 25 to 30 years hmm. uh, to pay off their their mortgage. And you know, if if people don't rent vest, if people don't invest while they're young or younger, it can be very hard to catch up. Hmm. Um, so we always we always recommend. Uh, investing, you know, we've got people that have been investing for four or five years. They're still living at home with mum and dad. Mm. They're not even they're not even rent vesting. They're not even going out there <laughs> and renting because they're staying at home. The bank of mum and dad. They've got the washing done. They've got the the meals on the on the table, and yep. they've got two or three properties because mum and dad have been uh, keeping the roof over their head. And mm. I think a lot of people, a lot of um, kids these days, are staying at home for longer. Yeah, and that means that uh, you know that's that's giving them the ability to put their money into their investments and really build their portfolio mm. as well. And we've got a number of our members that are doing exactly that. And I think, you know, a couple of them are in their mid to late 20s now. I think mum and dad are going to kick them out sooner or later. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's been uh, amazing to work with people to, to go through exactly that process and, and understand how that can actually work for them long term. So I guess they're, they're um, geez, what would it be? Living at home vesting, I guess. Yeah. Living at home, <laughs> mum and, and dad vesting. So Sponging off mum and dad vesting. Sp sponge vesting, we'll call it. There we go. <laughs> sponge vesting, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Not a bad thing. Not bad at all. No, no judgment here. Fabulous. So if you would like to get in contact or know any more about us here at The Property Mentors, you can check out our website, thepropertymentors.com.au. Or you can also follow and connect with us on any of our socials, which are always linked in our show notes along with our blog. Please make sure to share, like, and leave a rating. We really appreciate that as it helps us reach more people on their investment journeys. Something else that can help you on your investing journey is Luke's latest book, Property Fit, which has been flying off the shelf. A lot of people are obviously very keen to expand their investing knowledge. 
much. Luke, where can people get their hands on a copy? You can go to our website, thepropertymentors.com.au or you can go to propertyfitbook.com.au. Make sure to tune in next week. I'll be sitting down with another one of our amazing mentors about what to expect from a discovery call. Until then, thank you so much for listening. And Luke, as always, thank you. And I'll see you soon. Have a great week ahead.